Patriots. And, you know, this is so, so weird for me because I'm on the East Coast now. I'm still in Georgia. I'll be heading up to South Carolina, North Carolina tomorrow. And so I go, oh, guess it's for all. It should be the show is listed as the 5th of Tuesday or the 5th of September on, on Monday. And, of course, because I'm on the East Coast, I'm after midnight, which I always say every night, like, oh, we're here a few hours more. We're going to catch up to you. Not now. <laughs> so tonight is September. It depends on where I, you are. The show is tonight. It's supposed to be September 4th. I can't even say it. 5th, 2002. Monday. But I've already entered into Tuesday. And so you all just have to catch on up. How's that? That's that's a better way of saying it right there. Craziness. Patriots. Before we begin, make sure you're taking good care of your health. And one of those things that we have for that is Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. These links are all below the podcast. Expedition Coffee is designed to give you that boost in the morning, enhance your immune system, and boost your serotonin. All the important things that we need in this critical time when there's so much stress going on in our environments. And those aren't just stresses from the craziness of politics, but it's also stresses that include things that are in our environment. That, not that you, not that we have anything like chemtrails or viral agents or things like that. So Expedition, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com is one of those great products that is designed to kick your day off with great strength, focus, mental clarity, the whole thing while boosting your immune system. And it works in a conjunction with other great products. Those include the gut health triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the major problems of sickness in our nation. We also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract, and Earth, which is a full body nutrient powder you mix with, with, a, with water, drink it like a shake that gives you that base nutrients you need for the all day. Those things literally boost your immune system. I've been taking these products for over a year. I've had absolutely no issues whatsoever with the crazy sicknesses that are going around and that includes coming in contact with the vax people and some who knows like walking zombies probably too i think i I think there's more walking zombies out here than we realize so anyway expedition xped expeditioncoffee.com check out the coffee check out all the great products they're done by one of the best labs in the nation actually the world and you will not be disappointed they work that's the bottom line that's my testimony they work I want you to hear this piece. It's one minute long. And I think we're all feeling this. Whether or not what he's saying is, I don't take any of these things as verbatim, but I definitely will say that we're probably all getting signs and symbols and feelings of something big coming. Something very big is coming, my people. I can feel it in the air. I feel it in my spirit. And the visions that I'm having non-stop last night vision let me tell you about it i was sitting in my chair my thinking chair like i am right now and all of a sudden i seen water just rise up up to the floor and i looked up the window and i seen a massive tornado about to touch the ground my first instinct was like oh i gotta find my granddaughter so i found my daughter my granddaughter skylar but my great niece ainsley was with her as well so i grabbed her and had them both and around the house and then my wife was out there but then the storm was over but there was no power no internet and there were 
military soldiers everywhere. And he asked me if I had any sand. I know my life. I know my calling. We need to get ready. Something big's coming. I have no doubt that something big is coming. And I have no doubt by just the intensity of the environments. If we can look at the data, it shows that. But more importantly, if we're listening to God, we know that things are moving very quickly. At this point in time, there is nothing more important than getting right with Christ. And that means that we need to be in the word, living the word. It also means that we have to be honest with ourselves. I mentioned last night that I had the opportunity of speaking at Valley Grove Baptist Church on Sunday, which was the church that I worked with, worked out of with Pastor Travis Graham for two years. I would just say it probably more like a mentorship. And that's really where I gained my deep appreciation for Jesus over those two years that I was there. And it's in that place there in talking. I mean, it's we have to get ourselves in a right with Jesus in that intimate, loving space in Christ. And we need to have the communities around us that are supporting that. But it's not enough for us just to be within ourselves. We have to be also occupying the land and expanding the kingdom. And that means we have to be reaching out and sowing seeds. So much of what we are dealing with right now is a colossal shift. And there's in everything that we know. And many people are being drawn to Christ without even knowing much about Christ. That part's not new. We saw that at the beginning of this whole awakening movement when many of the Anons were writing on 8chan. So that takes you back. That's like 2017. Many of the Anons were writing on 8chan that they had people that had never talked about Jesus, but their comment was, I've proven evil, therefore I've proven God. And God exists. And fundamentally the logic was strong. The thing that was missing is there wasn't, anybody really to fill in the next steps, to to fill in the gap. And that's something where our role is so significant right now. There are so many deceivers out here. I'm going to play a piece for you here. It's about a minute and a half or so. And I respect this pastor because he just, he's going right for the throat of one of the biggest deceivers in our country. That's Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen is a pagan religionist a legalist and a quasi-pantheist. He is a mouthpiece for Satan. He is an agent for Satan. How do I know that? Because he offers all the things that the unregenerate heart already wants. I don't see humility. I don't see brokenness, penitence, virtue, holiness, worship, sacrifice, unselfishness, Love, heaven, no, not so much. Health, wealth, success, all that stuff that's temporal and material and perishing. Preachers like Joel Osteen and others must, I think, hate the true God. They wouldn't say that. I think they hate the true God. I think they hate the true Christ. That's why they mask the true God. That's why they hide the true Christ from the eyes of their followers and they put in his place an idol. 
of their own making. I can't think of anything worse than that. Why, why are these people so successful? Be, because Satan is behind the enterprise and he is appealing to that which is the natural desire of the unregenerate heart. Everything the unconverted sinner wants is what these people are offering in the name of Jesus Christ. This is a false Christianity from hell. All of Satan's temptations are driven at fallen corruption, selfishness, pride, indulgence. And the problem there is so many of the churches, many of the churches in this nation have fallen to that. And that's that business of doing religion rather than the worship and living in the word. And it's in the word where we find truth. And it's in that word that everything is resolved. So as I was starting to say about my talk at Valley Grove, following me was Travis, and he had prepared his sermon last week, had no idea what I was going to say. And before then was the adult Bible study, and they had their message. And then this is how living in the word works because the message in the morning, which had their own preparation time unrelated to anybody else, the message that I delivered, which was mine and mine alone, meaning when I say that I didn't have any association with anybody else other than what God put on my heart, and the message that Travis spoke was one continuous discussion that was all as if we had worked together to come up with one large sermon. That's living in the Word. That's living in the walk with Jesus. And that message that was coming out went something like this, that you have to live in the Word, you have to be accountable, and you have to keep your eyes on Christ and live without fear. That if you've made the sins, then get on your knees and repent, and then stand back up, and seek the truth that only Christ can bring, and it's to Christ to the Father. So in a world of deception, where everybody's trying to tell you how to think, everybody's trying to manage how you think and how you act, that is all anti-biblical. Because there nothing is in the Bible that says that that's the way we should live or must live. And those that are not pushing you far enough to accept Christ and to repent are peddling something of weakness that is not of the real Jesus position. And to kind of capstone all of that is the fact that you eat through Christ is the way and the only way to the Father and anything less than that is misleading and most likely poorly motivated. On the large, on the other extreme of that, motivated by Satan to mislead you. So there is floating around in this world right now a growing movement referring to Christ consciousness, and it's a, it's basically saying this: that you can achieve love in all in things and love for all things 
in what they call an everybody has Christ consciousness, which is then to tap into your gifts and talents and simply live through them. But there is no accountability in Christ consciousness, and there is no sacrifice in Christ consciousness, and there's no savior in Christ consciousness. It's like cherry picking what you want is the best. It's purely the hand of Satan himself that has developed the principle of Christ consciousness because it's a deception, because it's easy, because it's convenient. And these are very critical aspects to understand within the war that's being waged spiritually is that people don't want to do the hard work. And the hard work is where the glory is. And it's the struggle. So you've heard me say this before, and I like to emphasize this, is that the sacrifice of Christ is also the symbol of how our lives will be. We hear this and we say, oh, that we will be persecuted if we follow Christ, and then people imagine like, oh, I'm going to be pinned on the cross. Think of it this way, that the, the suffering that was necessary to the, in that walk of faith is something that we all must endure to gain place in the walk with Christ. It's, it's necessary. It's not going to be convenient. It's not going to be easy because we are by nature sinful creatures, but God doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to rise. And in order to rise, we have to understand the principle of repentance, which is to re, to recreate our position next to him. And that isn't going to happen if one, we are constantly living in the misery of depressive sin where we're reminding ourselves daily that we are sinners, we are sinners, we are sinners, I am unworthy, that is a peddling of misery, a peddling of guilt that is done by false teachings in churches to peddle the idea of filling the offering plate. Repentance in the true sense is to open your heart to God and letting God in as a child raises his hand to his father to lead us forward, as the child is then taught how to move forward. But we have to have the humility enough to do that. But in the churches where they are peddling this idea that you are unworthy, that is not consistent with anything Christ ever taught, nor is it consistent with Scripture. It is consistent, however, with Satan's money bag machine to fill the coffers of the church because it's through the donations of money that people then become fulfilled, which is basically back to the Pharisees. If people are not talking of repenting through Christ, but in somehow trying to find shortcuts, that in itself is a false teaching. There has to be an embracing and a fulfillment through Jesus, and there has to be a rebirth through the acceptance of Christ. That is the principle of that. Now, those things are essential because as we do that and we walk in that path, we are truly transformed. And where the challenge is, is for us to stay in the word as we move forward. It's interesting how children, because they're not corrupted, at least Many aren't. How clearly they can hear God's message. I want to play this for you. It's a beautiful story. Two minutes and 37 seconds from a young man in Nebraska. This is 13-year-old Logan Henderson. He lives on a ranch in the middle of Nebraska. 
Isolated from much of the world, he often listens to KSBJ Christian Radio out of Houston, Texas, which he picks up on Sky Angel. In late October, Loban made a call to the station that would soon be heard around the world. Hey, Mike, can I talk to you? You bet, Logan. What's up? I want to tell you something that God just told me. Okay. Last night, my dad was roping this calf. And this calf had been born from a really old cow. She she didn't have really the greatest milk. She didn't have, like, the vitamin C and stuff. Okay. Hold on. Mom? So cute, I guess, his mom I'm talking right now. I'll be up in a second. But sorry about that. But anyway, she broke her back. And this morning I went out and put her down myself. I was talking to God. I was asking God why. She was special. And God said, you know, Logan, but my son was special. But he died for a purpose. It's kind of the same thing. That calf was close to me, and God's son was close to him. Logan, you're you're so right. It's true. Think you're gonna be okay? Yeah, I'll be fine. But I just wanted to tell you guys that that is so important. Just remember. When you lose a loved one or a pet, always remember that God gave his son too, and he understands. He will always understand. He will always just run to him. Logan, you're wiser than you know, buddy. Well, sometimes I don't think I'm wise. Uh, trust me, I've done a lot of stupid stuff, but I've learned from it. Yeah, but see, buddy, that's what makes you wise, somebody that learns from their mistakes. Oh, I just figured I'd better call and share with you guys. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. Bye-bye. That's, yeah, I'll tell you, that'll get you right in the throat. That is like an old world, but it's the new world we're bringing back. But I want you to think just a moment about that whole, excuse me, that whole principle of what Logan was talking about. As he put down the cow that meant something to him, that experience of putting it down is there. And as he relates with what God has done to sacrifice his son for our sins so that we would be forgiven and have access back to him near the throne. Now look at our world today. And all of what we're going through, and while there are many eyes turning to Christ, there's still so many walking away. Everything has a time and a place. There is a season for all things. There's a season for love. There's a season for war. And I'm telling you, that season of patience is wearing. We're sitting here in a very comfortable position. There really isn't that much affecting 
us on a daily basis. There are some that are losing their homes. There are some that are having a hard time buying groceries. I get that. But we're not dealing with a global flood. We're dealing with a lot of threats and we're dealing with a lot of fear generation from our media and our government. But most of this is are things that we can choose to either be part of or not be part of. This whole thing is being orchestrated by a handful of people, relatively speaking. When you look at the global population of, say, 7.5 billion, my guess is the entire organization that's running the world is somewhere around 500 million. And the real core of that is much less. When we look at our own country, and we look at a population of approximately 330 million, the whole group that's running this is somewhere around 10 to 20 million people. Now, you're God for a moment. You look down, you see this. You're like, that's an easy win. My, my children were given dominion, but they do nothing. We've been given God, the sacrifice of God's son, and we do nothing. We have an army of angels fighting in a spiritual realm for us, and we do nothing. At certain points in this time, God is going to stir. God has great patience. God extends amazing grace. But there comes a point when wrath is the only solution. God is a loving God. He's also a wrathful God. And the problem is that too many people really don't have a sense of fear in the Lord. When I say that, it isn't a fear of shaking, but it's considered a fear of, of and a placed fear of respect and understanding of who God is. We are the children. We are the child walking in the field that gets lost. When we get lost, we pray. We ask for forgiveness and we extend our hand and Father reaches down and grabs us and says, walk with me. But unfortunately, even in the practices of our daily faith, too many still say, I'm going to walk by myself until we run into a wall, break our nose or our teeth. And then we say, Father, fix it. And we even forget the step of repentance. There is no more important mission right now than for us to bring ourselves and the many to an intimate relationship with Jesus. And I use that term so much because it's such a difference between just saying that I've accepted Christ. It's the intimate loving position with Jesus to get to know him, trust him, talk to him, be part of him at all times. And this is a must. This is When we hear about things coming, Children are hearing God's wisdom. Children are talking to us, the things he's delivering. The question we should be asking is, how come we're not hearing the same? Some are. But the problem is that world that we were supposed to be in, where it's constantly that interaction with Father, has been so deeply diminished. So deeply diminished, there's... Many people that will say, for example, that prophecy doesn't exist anymore. 
prophecy exists. I don't, I'm not a fan of any of the showmanship with prophecy. I think that's garbage. But there's plenty of prophecy going on out here because God's speaking to those that will hear. This trip, I've said, is about the one, but I've learned it's more than just the one. It's about those who show up, not just stand. And as you meet the ones that will stand and show up and you start to see that in the metaphor of the one, here's what's real. There's a lot less that are standing and showing up than there are people who claim to be in the position to stand. God doesn't need 10,000. He may only need 300, as with Gideon. But this is a very real time for those that are willing and able. And it begins quite literally on your knees. And I don't exaggerate with that. It's the act of repenting and opening your heart to allow God to restore. But if we're not going to do that, and we're not going to have that intimate relationship to seek that conversation, we're going to fall short. And when I say this in an intimate way, I mean, I've mentioned this to you before. My journey is my journey. I share it here for you to take and pick what fits for you or doesn't, and that's fine, but I know where I'm at. And in that part of that conversation, it's some time back, like five or six years ago, I had a very real conversation with Father, and I remember the time and the place and it was after I had been gone through a baptismal and a reborn again. I'd already done it in my life, but I did it again because I felt I needed it. To, because I was in a different place, a better place, a more true and honest place with myself. And I turned to the Lord and I, and I spoke. And, and it was between he and I. And I said to him, I have to have an honest relationship with you so I can speak how I feel, my mind, even if it isn't polished like those in the church. There's many things that I, I will need to say, and there's things that I will often question because that's the mind you gave me. And I added to that conversation was this. If that is a sin, then either rebuke me or I'll take the risk and I'll walk in this path and accept the lake of fire because of one thing. At least I have been honest with you. And I have shown you my true self. I will answer it this way. The answer that I got has proven to where I am and I would say it was the greatest and best decision I made to be honest with Father and to trust in that. It isn't easy. And the thing is that many times we're, we're put on our heart to do things and maybe we don't understand, maybe we don't even agree. And if I'm uncomfortable with something, I will put it to Father. But I want to remind you of a very important point and why that is so important to have this two-way conversation. If you will remember, Moses was sitting with Father, literally sitting in his lap as he had the tablets to take down. And God had told him he was going to destroy them all. And Moses pleaded with Father. 
to tell him not to do that. Because in doing so, after bringing them out of slavery, walking them across to the promised land, and then to kill them all would make him look not like a great God, but instead like just purely a wrathful God that wanted nothing more than to set people up and entrap them. See, the thing is, God listened. I think it's a two, I think it's more than listening. I think God was waiting for someone to have the courage as well to speak that truth. And Moses was given the, the responsibility to deal with them. I would argue that Moses was probably harsher than God would have been. He ended up destroying the, the golden calf, forcing them to drink the water that ultimately had the ashes of their burned children. And he killed 3,000. They weren't playing. We have to be truly honest in our relationship with Jesus and truly honest in our relationship with the Father. And sometimes that's a very difficult honesty to have. That means we also have to take a deep reflection of what keeps us, what holds us back from living in the Word. We all, I would say that most of us, one point or another, if we're going to be honest with that, will identify some form of an addiction or a pattern that is sinful that we keep doing. And that doesn't mean when I say addiction, like drinking too much coffee, unless you're Mormon, which I'm not, or something like whatever that is, it, you have to have the idea that for example, obsession with porn that you keep saying you're going to get over, but you keep doing it over and over. Or being abusive with your partner or abusive with your children and saying you're going to get over it, but you keep repeating it over and over. And abusive may also be verbally abusive. Those are the hooks of Satan. Those are the hooks of sin that hold us back. And the things that if we don't acknowledge them and work through them, we're making a choice to live within the realm of sin. And the more that we learn about ourselves and are honest with ourselves, it's kind of like peeling back the layers of the onion. We pull it back and you find more underneath and we have to continue to confront that and bring it through. And that's our relationship with Jesus to a large degree and Father to help that burden be released and to heal us back to where we are to the state of perfection. But that's a daily grind. It's a daily work. And when we're talking of that relationship, like all relationships, it's hard work. Right now, these are the hard work things that we need to be focusing on. And as a nation, I still hold this. Have we could literally pull ourselves together as a nation, and put our eyes on Christ and have ourselves humbled before the feet of Father. I honestly think that this entire war would end so fast our heads would spin. And I think that's another reason it continues on like it does, milking us and draining us drip by drip because too many are unwilling still to place their heart and their eyes on Christ. We are in a point when we have also the responsibility to guide others. 
and to pray for others. This is a critical time for that level of warfare. In the five things that I tell you I share is the point of praying for President Trump. And I've said this here a number of times, and I want to say it again tonight. The magnitude of what that could bring is worth the prayer. Whether you like the guy, hate the guy, don't trust the guy, whatever that is, that's not a place that we have any concern with because we're not talking about the man. We're talking to Father about the man, and through God, all things are possible. And that's the big one right there is do we believe truly that it's possible. There's people right now giving up on America. We're done. It's over. I just want to be raptured out of here. Good luck on that. I don't think it's going to work, and I don't believe it'll work because that's not been our responsibility to literally walk away from this fight and to expect God to sweep us up and come in and fix it all. We've seen that scene happen over and over in the Bible. Consider the spies that were sent into the promised land. Ten came back basically saying, we can't do it. The giants are too big. Two said that it could be done. God took favor with the two and rejected the ten. Which one are you? I know which one I am. I'm one of the two. In the metaphor. But in real, I'm one of the two. Meaning I'm one of those that will say, God is going to win this. We are going to win this because God is running this. Is it going to be easy? Of course not. But the confidence is that we know that in the end God wins. We like to say that, but do we really live it? And when I say that, are we really willing to make the sacrifice, no matter what, for what we say God is supporting us to do. This is the sort of commitment that I believe God is seeking right now from those that will have the heart to give their heart truly as Christ gave his heart and to do so without question, without hesitation. So we go back to Trump. Why why pray for President Trump? Because in that prayer, if that man could hear and would accept to repent for himself and to accept Jesus into his life, truly, and then to lead the country in a prayer of repentance and mercy, he is therefore de facto leading the world in the same, and in the doing so, there is a complete and total shift. One of the things that happens is that the enemy literally, is disarmed and destroyed in a single blow. Because there's nobody else on this planet that can literally shake literally every person and every soul with 265 characters, whether that shake is love or hate. His divisiveness is one of the greatest weapons of war if it can be harnessed by God. So we need to pray for President Trump. And then we have to get back and do the hard work of nurturing and protecting the children and the elderly. 
this is hard grinding work. We have been, we've had this war waged on us and somehow that's been accepted as a new normal that we're all going to be subject to the sinful acts and hateful acts of an evil cabal. Why would we do that? And so I go back to the beginning of where I started. There's tears and wrath in heaven right now. The tears for the gift that's been given, the sacrifice by God's son, Jesus. The the gift of eternal life. And how little is being done here to preserve it. It's stunning when you think about it. That we've been given the greatest gift ever and we're hesitant to stand up to an evil which we have been given dominion over. It now controls us. How is that possible? And it's only possible in the end if our heart is not truly in the word with Jesus. That's the only conclusion I can come to. Is it the reason as a nation we are continuing to be subjected to those that truly want to believe in this Luciferian narrative and those that willfully follow like mindless drones? The few that appreciate what's what's at stake, what's been given and what it is to walk in the heart of Jesus understand that to stand no matter the cost, is nothing. And so we must. And that is we must stand. And We must step into this world with Christ, with the boldness, the firmness, the authority to understand what gifts were given to us. We're not talking about gifts that were given in metaphor. We're talking about gifts that were given directly that we shall do greater things than he. We have to believe that, though. And the problem with so many of the churches is they're going to tell you it's not possible. They're going to tell you that's not true. They're going to tell you that you can't. They're going to tell you that you're a sinner. They're going to tell you that you're not worthy. I would challenge anyone to show me in scriptures and in the works of Jesus, about Jesus, where he said, you are not worthy. Where he said, ultimately, you're not worthy of heaven. Because that's not it. We have to get to the true sense of the flame, the fire, the intensity of what Christ's relationship in this world was. And that also means dispelling so many of the myths around he himself. Like the myth that he was some meek, dirty-smelling hippie, which drives me nuts of how he's betrayed because that man is of warrior class par excellence. But so much of that rests on us to either accept the false narratives or to challenge in the relationship we have with Christ 
the intimate breathing two-way relationship to guide us and to have him show us what that true nature is, not what the churches are preaching. And it's there for the taking, and it's being offered willfully if we will simply believe, reach, and seek. Above all of this, this is a time when we have to dig in in our belief and trust in Father. What I've seen myself just on this trip are amazing things, alignments of sermons like the other day, or amazing encounters with people that shouldn't be like they are, but shouldn't even happen, but the randomness and the perfection at the same time is unbelievable. And that's God's hand again. And he's truly raining down great blessings for those that are willing. But we have to be willing. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges. So as we kind of wrap this up, I want to point out some things that are really important here. There are many that are seeking Jesus. Who's going to guide them? If you have churches out there that are being built and have been built around the sort of unaccountable heart-type models, like the example we gave with Olstein, how are people going to know how to wander, how to move around this battlefield without good scouts and guides? That's one of our critical roles to ensure that they find a place where they can develop that intimate relationship with Christ. But if we're not doing that, if we're not getting people to the right location and helping them, then we failed. Because we do have an active role in this fight. We aren't to hole up in caves. We aren't to sit on the sideline and wait. We have an active and persistent role in this fight. And it's an important one. It's a critical one because it's part of occupying the land. And it's part of expanding the kingdom. Now, one of the people that I interviewed I'm going to close with this tonight. I read this today in Ben's knee, and I'm going to read it tonight. And it's right in line with what I'm talking about. Todd Coconado was a person I interviewed at the Springfield, Missouri event, the Truth Summit. And that interview has already played here. I know that. And he wrote this piece either today or earlier or, or date yesterday. And I want to read it because it is exactly in line with what we were saying. He and I had a great meeting and a great conversation. So here we go. And this is a statement on America, is what he calls it. And he writes, The amount of craziness that people say online in the comments is really at a whole new level. My goodness. I've had people try and convince me of so many things that God apparently cannot do. They basically suggest going into a cave and waiting to be raptured out because America is done 
and that's it. Well, that's just wrong. There were similar types of people who, when the people of Israel had got to the Red Sea, they wanted to turn back into captivity because at least it was, quote, normal. They didn't trust God to part those waters, but God did. There were similar types of people who, when the 12 spies went into the promised land, 10 of them said, the giants are too big, and they doubted that God was able to bring people of Israel into the land of milk and honey. But he did, just not those who doubted him. And just think about how dark it must have felt for the 12 disciples who had just seen Jesus do miracles after miracle on the first and the second day after he was crucified when Satan and darkness thought they had won just before he rose again and became the eternal sacrificial lamb for all mankind. I understand why people say we could, under, we could be under judgment. Trust me, I do. But we are not meant to retract and back down. Now, where does it say that in Scripture? We are the church. Now is the time to rise up and to be the salt and light to the dark world. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. We are commissioned to be about the Great Commission. Occupy, stand, declare, decree, repent, pray, fast, believe, have faith, trust in God. He is with us even until the end of the age. None of this is false teaching. To all you heresy hunters, this is sound doctrine. Maybe you haven't read the Bible. We are meant to be the head and not the tail. We are meant to pull down the strongholds. We are meant to get people saved, set free, healed, and delivered. I know God is willing and able. God has never lost a battle, not a one. So stop with the doom and gloom. If you want to go to a cave and wait to get raptured out, then that's up to you. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and believe that God is not out of moves. Hallelujah. And he is not. So patriots, it begins with a simple thing. Get right with Christ. Put trust and faith in the Father and move out. And when we're there, we begin to shake the world and crush evil at an unprecedented level. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all we've done, for all we've have before us and all you have done for us. The blessings, the guidance, the wisdom. And now more than ever, we pray for the discernment and the, the direction ahead. We need, Father, to be 
reminded at times of our role in, in this kingdom to occupy the land and expand the kingdom. And we pray for the opportunities that can be put before us to expand that reach, to expand that growth, to expand our experience of sowing seeds and loving one another. Guide us in these times, Father. Bless us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, patriots, seek Jesus. Spend some time talking to Jesus. Spend some time listening to Jesus. And walk boldly with Christ. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow or bended knee until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to Somehow, oh, 
space between us will stay the same Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away Thank you. 